All right, Nate, we are back, and March Madness is finally here. Unfortunately, not typically a super exciting time for Ohio State basketball, but still, nevertheless, it's a time where we can enjoy the other 31 games, uh, if not Ohio State's game. Yeah, yeah, one of the sweetest weekends of the year, and, you know, I, I, I don't think I really put together this but, you know, this is the first time since the 2019 season that we're going to have kind of a normal March Madness. Do you remember 2020? It all got canceled kind of last minute. And then last year we had March Madness, just looked and felt a lot different with the, the um, tournament all happening kind of there in Indianapolis and Indiana. So I, it's just so exciting. I love all the different venues and how, how there's going to be games, you know, East Coast, West Coast, all that good stuff. It's just, I mean, it. we love college football on this podcast, but this this upcoming three weeks is one of my favorites of the year. Yeah, I think college football is much better, like, throughout the entire season because I think it's just more of a consistent product. But especially the opening weekend, I think, is probably my favorite four-day stretch in sports. I can't think of a better – four-day stretch to be quite honest um maybe maybe you could argue yeah. like the masters or something like that but it's just amazing and you have it like you know games all the time i remember i used to just like leave school uh at 12 o'clock on thursday uh didn't exactly get a <laughs> slip but it didn't matter i made sure i was home on my couch with a pizza uh for the 12 o'clock tip. Uh, <laughs> but yeah that was i like mean and what, what element does that play into it? Honestly, Mike, I, I feel like that's one of my favorite parts as well is that, you know, starting tomorrow at noon and literally until probably around midnight Eastern or maybe even later, maybe, you know, 1 a.m. Friday morning Eastern time, there's going to be basketball. And it's not even, you know, most of those windows, it's not even just a single game that's on. There are, you know, four or five games on at a time. It's, it's, it's just wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, there, there's no better feeling than saying you called that three fourteen upset or, you know, and getting uh, it's funny. Cause like anytime you enter these bracket pools, because of the way the points are tallied up, it, it the first round is kind of irrelevant unless you like lose your final four teams, but for sure, uh, but it's the most exciting, you know, like as the tournament drones on, it tends to be less and less exciting as the Cinderella. And also I, I feel like the Cinderella has kind of, been lost a little bit like it just seems more common nowadays that the double digit seeds are making runs I mean I could think of it George Mason was a standalone you know that double digit in the final four for they they set a record back when it was what 2006 and but since then BCU's done it uh UCLA did it last year I think Butler did it a couple times Butler did it as a nine seed I remember that uh UConn did it I think as an eight or a nine so Kentucky did it eight or nine so I feel like you know, but but finding those Cinderella teams and we can kind of dig into the bracket a little bit um, is, yeah, I guess we should like talk about who has Cinderella potential. But I think the best way to go about mm-hmm. it, we're just going to run it down the list. Nate and I are going to kind of go through each game and and pick the games real time, tell you our brackets and, and why we're picking one team over the other. And um, and and that will kind of lead to conversations on their own. And, and we'll we'll spend a little bit more time on the Ohio State game, obviously. Yeah, Mike, before before we start, I just wanted to ask you this question. What what part of opening weekend do you prefer more? Do you like the the opening two days where you get the the one sixteen matchups and 
you know, you're going to get some really good games. That's where you're going to see these Cinderella stories. Um, but you're also going to get some games. You know, Gonzaga's probably going to beat Georgia State by by 30. Um, do you prefer that round or do you prefer the round of 32 where you get like four or five matchups? Sometimes the three, six games can be really entertaining. Do you have a preference one way or the other? I, I still prefer the first game, the first week, because in the way they kind of stagger the games, I feel like they always start with a six eleven matchup, which tends to be pretty competitive. And I think the 11 seeds have, have beaten the six seeds at a pretty high clip over the last few tournaments. And I think that, cause even if you do have the Gonzaga's and the Georgia States, because there's 32 games that weekend, 16 games each day, you just have another thing on the TV going, you know, you're constantly like right. from one game to another versus when you're at 16 games, the, for the round of 32, you, there's only like one or two games going at once. So, you know, if you have two blowouts, it's kind of SOL. Right. Right. And I feel like generally in the round of 32, like, you know, I mean, this is a made for TV event and they, I feel like typically they'll put like a standalone game on Saturday and Sunday at like noon and then a standalone game at like two thirty, And then, then you don't get the remaining games until later in the evening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's like, you know, cause you got eight more or six more games that day and they all start like six, six thirty, seven, seven thirty, nine, nine fifteen, something like that. So I, I'm with you. I think I prefer that opening round. Yeah, I uh, I think we're we're in lockstep there, Nate. So should we should we get to it? We'll start with the aforementioned yeah. the Bulldogs, Georgia State. I mean, not much to talk about here. Uh, we're both very high on Gonzaga, Nate. Uh, you're you've kind of been that's been your second team for a long time since the days of Adam mm-hmm. Morrison, and this is probably the best Bulldogs yeah. team they've ever had. Yeah, yeah, I think it's up there with with last year's team. It's a definitely a different version of itself. You know, last year they had Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert, two first round picks. Drew Timmy's back. They've got a, a lottery pick in Chet Holmgren, so they're gonna they're, they win ball games through the post, and so it's a different team. Um, I think they play better defense. Chet Holmgren's one of the better defenders in America. Um, so fun team. We don't have to spend too much time on this one. I'm, I'm, you know, Gonzaga is going to win by 20, 25 points. Just interesting stat. Gonzaga's five starters have played in every game. I feel like very few teams can, can say that. So they haven't really been bitten by the injury bug. And I think that also bodes well for the tournament because they've played together. They haven't had all these COVID absences or injuries and things like that, which, which is continuity. Continuity is underrated in March. No doubt about it. Yeah. Next one, Boise State, Memphis. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Boise State played their way in winning the Mountain West. They beat Colorado State. Memphis is a little interesting. Uh, they sort of were like at the depths of hell with, uh, you know, Penny Hardaway in December, <laughs> but they, they've kind of clawed their way back. And and this is an interesting 8-9 game. Personally, I have Boise State here. I think that it's, yeah. it's sort of a little bit of a clash of styles. Uh, Boise State wants to really play in the half court. Memphis kind of wants to get out and run. And in general, I like the team that's more disciplined. Uh, Memphis is the worst team in the country in, term, ter- in terms of turnover rate on offense. So I feel like that is just a, a recipe for, for disaster. Give me Boise State. Yeah, interesting stat on Memphis. I think they've only lost twice since, you know, heralded recruit Imani Bates stopped playing for them this year. Uh, kind of interesting that he leaves and they start playing a lot better. I'm with you, though. I think Memphis is going to get caught. They think they're better than they are. Probably going to be looking ahead. Hey, maybe we can beat Gonzaga, and they're not going to get by Boise State. I'm with you, Boise State. 
Next one, UConn, New Mexico State. March Madness feels better when, you know, they always say with college football, it's like college football is better when program X is Mm. is at the top. I feel like March Madness is better when UConn is involved. And and Undoubtedly. Has the UConn Huskies rolling a little bit. They're playing New Mexico State. Uh, I just like UConn here because they're a little bit more battle-tested. New Mexico State hasn't played any top 25 teams. Also, the game's in Buffalo, so you know that UConn fans are going to travel for that. Uh, so, yeah, give me UConn to advance. This is not my 12th. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, in recent years, New Mexico State has, you know, provided upsets. I can't remember specific years, but I feel like they've been a trendy pick. I'm with you, though. I think Dan Hurley's got that UConn team playing the best it has in, in quite a long time. Um, I'm going to take UConn as well. Moving to the, to the 413 matchup. Mike, another kind of trendy upset team, the Catamounts. You remember the famous Gus Johnson call from the parking lot. Uh, that was a, a Vermont player. Uh, what was his name? Sorrentine, TJ Sorrentine. TJ Sorrentine, exactly, yeah. Oh, legendary moment. Um, they're going to be playing Arkansas. Arkansas is hot right now, or at least was going to the SEC tournament. They got a guard. Uh, his name's escaping me right now. DJ Notek. Um, might not be yeah, DJ, DJ Note, but he fe- yeah. he feels he feels like a Kemba type candidate, um, and so for that reason, I'm going to go with Arkansas to win this game. Uh, I actually this is my four thirteen upset. I have Vermont. I feel like this is a pretty trendy uh, pick. Uh, Arkansas is only favored by five points, which is not a lot for a four thirteen game. But uh, Nate, I remember texting you when Arkansas played LSU. I was like, I I think Arkansas is my Final Four team, and then Arkansas played Texas A and M. And I was like, I think I'm going to have Arkansas lose in the first round. So I feel like I, I, I take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I think I'm a little bit of a prisoner in the moment, but I have Vermont advancing there. Um, Complete change of heart for Mike. <laughs> Complete. Next one's a little tricky because Alabama, we don't know who they're playing yet. Rutgers, Notre Dame is in the play in. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think Alabama's that great. So like, I'll probably have the Rutgers, Notre Dame winner beating them, but I don't know if you have any strong opinions here. Yeah, I uh, so I think that if Notre Dame wins tonight, I'm going to pick Notre Dame or I'm going to pick Alabama to win. But I think that if Rutgers wins tonight, I'm going to pick Rutgers. I do think Rutgers is going to win tonight. I think that they are a really good basketball team. They've gotten a ton better. I know they have a couple quadrant four losses, but those were back in November and December. They're playing a lot better basketball. So if Rutgers wins tonight, I'm picking them. If not, I'll take Alabama. Uh, that, that takes us down to the, the 314 matchup. We've got Montana State, the Bobcats, and Texas Tech. Man, what a season by Mark Adams and Texas Tech taking over for Chris Beard. I'm going to take Texas Tech in this one. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I love Texas Tech. They're number one in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. They also have 11 games against BPI, top 25 teams, which is pretty huge. They've shown that they can compete with the best of the best in the Big 12. I it's just like, no, like, I feel like if you're going to get beaten in a three fourteen upset, it's because you don't play defense. Like teams that play, tend to play good defense like this aren't the ones who get upset in these matchups. Um, so yeah, Texas tech next one down. This is interesting. It's the foster lawyer bowl, uh, foster lawyer man. played for Michigan state. He was kind of like a role player, like a six man transfers to David. Yeah. Now he's playing them in the tournament and Michigan State's an interesting team. I don't know. What do you, you? I feel like you've watched more of Michigan State all year long. Do you think the Wildcats or the Spartans are going to win this one? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't call this Michigan State team a team uh, 
that, you know, a traditional, I guess, Michigan State team, I don't think they have that kind of talent. They don't really have like a, I guess, simply put, they don't have the guy. Um, it feels like a bunch of different guys kind of spread it around. I've, I've really waffled on this one, Mike. I've gone back and forth. I think I'm going to take Davidson to win. I love Bob McKillop. I feel like, man, that guy has been here. He's won ball games like this. Um, so give me the, the Davidson Wildcats. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that we're sort of blinded by the uniform here. I think just looking – if we just saw Michigan State and they just had black uniforms and we didn't know it was a Tom Izzo team, we would think that Davidson would objectively be better. I also think Davidson's going to be super fired up for their guy, Foster Lawyer, and also they lost yeah. that A-10 championship in pretty heartbreaking fashion. So I think that Bob McKillop will have them ready to go extra motivated and Michigan state. This is just a weird season for them. You know, they're not usually in that. They're not usually a seven seed. So for them to be in the seven, 10 game, I think it's a little awkward. I like, I like Davidson and then moving down, I'm not going to pick Duke for an, to, to be upset by a 15 seed, but I do think Cal state Fullerton can keep it closer than people think. I, I just, I'm, I'm completely selling Duke. I think, Duke should have been able to bounce back after that North Carolina loss on Coach K's swan song night, and they just didn't do it. I mean, Virginia Tech outplayed them up and down the court in the ACC championship game. So I'm selling my Duke stock, but I do think they'll be Cal State for Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not sold on Duke. Um, but, you know, I think that they got a, a favorable draw, honestly. You know, they got Gonzaga, which is a tough one, but – I, I think comparatively they have a, a little bit better draw than some of the other twos. What do you think, you know, there's a lot of, we'll, we'll just take a little, uh, uh, I guess we'll get off topic here for a second, but what do you think? There's been a lot of chatter about Tennessee won the, the SEC tournament looked like they were one of the best teams in America. They get a three seed Duke has lost two of its last four. They get a two seed. Um, you know, Tennessee beat Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Auburn lost in the SEC tournament. What do you make of that? Should Tennessee have been a two seed? Uh, yeah, I think definitely. I, I, I'm sort of a slave to the Ken Palm ratings, and Tennessee is seventh, Duke is 12th. So, again, I think it just kind of goes back to the uniforms. And SEC was much better than the ACC this year. There's, there's no doubt about it. So, I, I think Tennessee is easily the best number three seed but also Rick Barnes is kind of a choke artist. So that doesn't necessarily mean mm. they have success. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's another reason why I'm just selling Duke. I feel like they should be a three seed. I mean, this is that when Duke is high seeded like this, but they don't have a good team, they tend to have early exits. Like remember Austin rivers lost at Lehigh and then Jabari yep. in that three fourteen game. I think they lost to Mercer. So I don't Mercer. Know, we'll, see. we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I, uh... Honestly, I, I've said this before. I'm, I'm kind of sick of the Coach K narrative, so I honestly I wouldn't be too disappointed if they lost, uh, you know, in the first round. I don't think it'll happen, but, hey, that'd be kind of great. Or, or, do you want to get through the whole West bracket here? Are we going to go kind of uh, first round, second round, third round, fourth round? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, we might as well just finish the, bra finish the bracket while we're on the screen. Okay. I think we, okay. we both have Gonzaga, Boise State. Uh, Gonzaga – is an unstoppable force. Uh, they are going to get past Boise state comfortably. Yeah, I I'm with you. I think, uh, kind of an interesting game. Leon rice is the head coach out at Boise. He's a former Mike Mark few assistant. Um, and so, you know, those two are close friends. I think he's going to, he's going to know kind of the, the secret to, to beating a Gonzaga team. My predictions, Boise keeps it close. 
for a while. Maybe the closest game that Gonzaga plays until uh, the Final Four. Uh, that's, a, I guess, a little sneak peek into my Final Four. But I, So I think it'll be close, but I'm going to take Gonzaga. I believe you had UConn Vermont. Yes. In the in the round of 32, are you is the upset continuing? That's kind of a fun game up there in Buffalo. You know, Vermont fans can get there. Ryan Rosillo can get there. UConn Northeast team. What do you think? Uh, I, I like UConn here. I think Dan Hurley, just a little bit more tournament experience. And also Vermont, uh, a team like that, that's not really battle tested because what Vermont plays in the America East, with which, which is one of the worst conferences they uh, just wreck it every year, too. Yeah, they've just played one tournament team, and that was Providence, and they lost by 10. So I think they won all okay. their tournament games by, like, 30 points or something crazy like that. So I have Connecticut Jeez. winning that one. Okay. I So I've got Connecticut and Arkansas in that game. Uh, I've told you already that I feel like J.D. Note. I think it's J.D. Note. Uh, I feel like he could be – uh, Campbell Walker candidate, ironic him playing UConn. I'm going to take Arkansas to win that game and go on to, to face Gonzaga. Must bust. Must bust, exactly. I, uh, Texas exactly. Tech, well, we don't, again, we don't really know the Alabama Rutgers Notre Dame situation, but I think regardless of who it is, the buck will stop there. I have Texas Tech in that elite defense advancing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think this Texas Tech team is really, really good. They've been underrated all year. I, you do, you know how I roll, Mike. I'm a guy that loves a good emotional story, and I think that they're going to have it. They're going to have emotions on their side. I look for Texas Tech to win big, regardless of who they're playing. I'm tempted with David. I'm tempted to pick Davidson over Duke. I'm going to pick Duke here, uh, just because I, I I don't know. I I have other double digit seeds making the uh, Sweet Sixteen later on, but this is not one of them. Although I do think they'll keep it tight. So then I have, I guess, Duke and Texas Tech going to the Sweet 16 there. Yep, I'm I'm with you there. I've got uh, Duke beating Davidson as well. It kind of makes me sick. Uh, I, I'm just not a Coach K fan, but I think you're right. I don't think Davidson has the dogs, uh, certainly not the athletes to keep up with Gonzaga – or with Duke, excuse me. And I'm going to – I'm with you, Texas Tech, Duke – that's my sweet 16. So you've got what UConn Gonzaga at the top of the bracket who, to go to. It the, doesn't matter who Gonzaga's playing. They're going to win. The train continues to roll. Gonzaga beats UConn in my bracket. What, what does John Rothstein say? Like Sharpie? <laughs> yeah. Gonzaga yeah, Sharpie. That's not, that's not pencil. That's, that's Sharpie. <laughs> I'm with you. I think Gonzaga plays Arkansas here. Arkansas won't have played a team of that caliber. Uh, to this point, and I think Gonzaga wins easy. Do you think? Do you think the SEC has any potential to be kind of like the Big Ten a year ago and have a bunch of teams lose early just because that conference was so difficult this year? Ooh, I don't know. It's it's tough. I I think it's hard to make any to draw any patterns from last year, being that it was like a bubble environment. I think like occasion is going to take play a big deal. Um, and, and like, I, I, I kind of forgot to check out where these games are played, you know, like Duke, for example, Duke's first two games is in Greenville. So they're going to draw like a ton of fans from the Carolina area, which I think classic Duke getting that kind of atmosphere versus if they were playing in like Ohio, for example, and they had Michigan state in the second round, I feel like that place would be 80% green. 
so that kind of stuff stuff matters a little bit. And and these games right here are in the West. Uh, so this, this is going to be played in San Francisco, I believe, Thursday set. Uh, yeah, the following Thursday, Saturday. So Texas Tech Duke, I feel like that'll be a, a pretty neutral crowd. Um, but I have Texas Tech there. Texas Tech, I oh man, I've gone back and forth on this. I'm with you. I, I had Gonzaga at the top of the bracket. I I'm going to take Duke. I feel like there's going to be some, uh, you know, I hate it, but I think there's going to be some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's the officials officiating for Coach K or what. I feel like he's going to make it to the to the Elite Eight at least. Uh, and then I'll go ahead. I'm going to say I'm taking Gonzaga to beat Duke. I was listening to uh, one of our favorite podcasts, uh, Titus and Tate, Mark Titus. And I guess I don't even know Tate's first name. Uh, but uh, that, Yeah, Tate Frazier. Yeah, okay. Uh, but they, they said this could be a passing the torch from Duke to Gonzaga, kind of as America's like least favorite team. I think that does happen. I, I'm going to pick Gonzaga to keep going. All right, so we both have Gonzaga in the final four there. Uh, moving on to the next bracket, Baylor, quick work of Norfolk State. I'm assuming you agree oh, gosh, with me there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just completely ugly. What do you think? Of the I think the eight nine in this bracket's interesting. You got some kind of traditional powers that that maybe in recent years haven't been as good. Uh, North Carolina and Marquette. Who do you have here? This is interesting because I'm just looking at like the the Ken Palm metrics. Like North Carolina, one of the more underseeded teams in the tournament. Like they should probably be a seven, a six or seven. Marquette, one of the more overseeded teams, probably should be a ten or eleven. So I think I like North Carolina just because of that. Um, yes, I, I, I give me North Carolina here. Although I wouldn't be shocked if Marquette wins. But here's a, here's an interesting stat: Chaka Smart zero NCAA tournament wins since that Virginia wow. Tech final four run or Virginia Commonwealth final four run. Seriously, I would not have guessed that. That is that is a shocking stat. Yeah. So give me uh, give me UNC. Okay. Okay. Give you UNC. I'm with you. They have Armando Baycott. I feel like in some of these matchups where it's two pretty even teams, I, I'm just inclined to take the team with stud, and Armando Baycott is a is a freak. Um, so I'm taking UNC. Uh, St. Mary's and the winner, or I guess Indiana beat Wyoming. Uh, who do you think here, Indiana or St. Mary's College? This is my 12-5 upset special. I, I haven't watched a ton of St. Mary's basketball this year, but I know they like to slow it down. Seriously, you haven't? I have not. I watched him against Gonzaga that they won. Uh, so you would think being that the prisoner of the moment that I am, I would be picking them here, but they like to muck it up a lot. So does Indiana. They both play at really slow paces. They're both very like defensively oriented. Um, but I, I just like the idea of Indiana winning this game here because of that. And there's like a pretty ridiculous trend that if you have a 12 seed from a top conference, from a power conference, and you play them, you match them up against a five seed from a mid-major, it's happened 12 times since 2005, and the 12 seed has won nine times. Wow. Kind of doesn't surprise you, honestly. Yeah, you know, it's like those teams like Georgetown will like win the Big East, sneak in and win a game, you know, like those kind of those kind of moves. Right. Right. I'm I'm with you. I think Indiana has figured something out. I you know, I don't think they're a team like bubbling with talent, but Trace Jackson Davis is a he's a solid player. Um, I think that Xavier Johnson does a good job at the point guard spot. They play really good defense and they they made a run in the Big Ten tournament, you know, a year ago. 
that I guess that didn't mean much, but I, I feel like the Big Ten is going to have a much better showing this year. They feel hot. I'm going to ride Indiana as well. That's my that's one of my 12-5 upsets as well. The next one, UCLA and Akron. UCLA, one of the four teams ranked in the top 15 of offensive and defensive efficiency. So mm. they're super balanced. They take care of the ball. They're top five in turnover rate. Um, and I, so I like UCLA, but I do think it'll be closer than people think. Akron's got one of the sneakiest best coaches in the country, John Gross. I think it's either Gross or Gross. Yeah. He, he was Gross, the Ohio yeah. coach, right, when they beat Georgetown, I believe. I could be wrong yep. about that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's still coaching in Ohio. And he coached so. at Illinois. And he coached at Illinois. That's right. He That's right. He, he went up to Illinois, and then I guess he's back down in the MAC. But – uh, I like yeah. play here. I think that they, uh, they're a little undervalued because they had some injuries, but they were scary good against Arizona. They just couldn't hold on to it late in the PAC 12 tournament, but they were very impressive. Right. I, I'm, I think Akron is a sneaky good team. I actually don't think this game's going to be particularly close. And the reason for that, I just think UCLA as a four seed feels just a little bit shocking to me. This feels like a team, tons of turning experience. They went to the final four a year ago. They've had a lot of injuries, been pretty banged up this year. Um, and and so I think people are sleeping on them a little bit. I expect UCLA to make a, a nice little run. I'm going to take UCLA, excuse me, UCLA over Akron. What about this, uh, this Texas-Virginia Tech game? It almost feels like the seed lines here could be reversed. Prisoner of the moment, Virginia Tech. I saw him beat Duke. No, they actually uh, – they're the, the most underseeded team, according to Ken Palm. So they should essentially be like an eight seed or a seven seed. Wow. As opposed to being an 11, which is, which is crazy. Like, are you saying if they didn't beat Duke, like they wouldn't be in the tournament? I don't, I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, um, Texas is, is pretty brutal. Uh, if, I feel like Chris Beard – remember, they started the season top five, and they've just kind of slowly – That's crazy to think about. Yeah, I like Chris Beard, too. I think he's a great coach, but I think Virginia Tech's just a better team. I, I like Virginia Tech with the 6-11 upset here. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, it almost, to me, feels like it's not even an upset. I'm going to take Virginia Tech as well. I like it, – it, it's so cool because uh, Mike – I think his name's Mike Young is the head coach there. He was the coach at yeah, Wofford back when they had a good team. And and it feels like he, he – it's just kind of Wofford and playing at Virginia Tech now. I love their style. It's a lot of fun, high scoring. Um, and so I, I look for Virginia Tech to get this one. Yeah, that point guard, I forgot. His name is escaping me. I think he's number five. He's, he's scrappy. He's yeah, really- I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He was Steve solid. Nashish. Very Steve Nashish. I, I love that. Purdue, yeah, you've watched a lot of Purdue hoops over the years. Um Mm-hmm. But Purdue's not Purdue's a little bit of a liability. This is kind of an intri- this is kind of a fun fact that a team has never won the national championship when their combined offensive and defensive efficiency, if you add the two numbers, is over 50. So Purdue is a little bit of a red flag because their defense is 99th. Um yep. so I, I don't think Purdue can make that deep of a run. I feel like eventually something's gonna catch up, but they're they're gonna beat Yale. Like Yale just doesn't have the talent or size to stick with them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Purdue wins this ball game they're they're the most perplexing team in in college basketball to me because on paper they may be as talented as anyone um and and they have Jaden Ivey but a lot of times you know I've as I've watched them more in this tourney run Jaden Ivey just looks disinterested yeah looks disinterested looks like he does he's not really all that into the idea of playing team basketball and I think that's going to come back to to bite them so I'm going to take 
Uh, I'm going to take Purdue, but not too far. What about this Murray State San Francisco game? What, what who do you pick in there? I, this is one of the ones that I, I feel really excited about. The Fighting Bill Russells of San Francisco. That's right. I don't think they've been in the tournament right. in twenty years or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is the stat that I I kind of like to to kind of rely on is how many games have you played against other tournament teams? Cause this is basically a coin mm-hmm. flip. Uh, this point spreads within two points, either way, San Francisco's played eight games against tournament teams. Murray State's only played three and all three of those games that Murray State played against tournament teams was in December. So in the, in the non-conference, they haven't played a tournament quality team in three months. I think that's going to come back to bite them. San Francisco's played. Wow. They've played St. Mary's. So they're just, they're a little bit more, you know, battle tested. So I like San Francisco and I guess a seed upset here. San Francisco. Okay. I, I think I, this is one, maybe the seven tens are the ones I debate the most in my mind, Mike. Um, I've gone back and forth, back and forth. My heart's leaning towards San Francisco. Uh, but for the sake of good podcasting, I'm going to, I'm going to go opposite and I'm going to pick Murray state to win. It's, it's incredible. I think, what are they? 30 and two. Is that the record? Yeah, they're the only team that has 30 wins in the tournament, but the Ohio Valley isn't exactly SEC football. Um, We'll we'll just leave it at that. That would be interesting because, look, Kentucky's going to beat St. Peter's. You don't need to waste our breath on that. But that would be a nice intrastate rivalry, like Murray State, Kentucky. Yeah. A little bit like when they played, you know, Ohio State, we catch Dayton in the second round. Uh, You know, that kind of deal. So that that would be cool if that happens. Um, Let's go to the top of the bracket. You have Baylor. I have Baylor UNC. Do you have Baylor UNC as well? Yeah, I have Baylor UNC as well. I think, again, this feels a little bit like the Gonzaga 1 versus 8 with Boise State. I think it's a, a game that's going to be closer than experts think, um, but I'm still going to take Baylor to, to advance. Yeah, me too. Uh, Baylor, because you might think it's a red flag that they lost to Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Oklahoma, not even a tournament team. But that happened last year too, and Baylor obviously won a national title. So they, they did it once before. Um, I, I have Baylor there in the next game. I think UCLA would, would uh, quite honestly crush Indiana. I think they're just like way too talented of a team. And at that point, Indiana compared to what they've done in recent years, they're waving a banner for winning a play in game and, and pulling off a 12. Yeah. So they know they're not going to, they're not going to get past UCLA, especially when the game's on the West coast in, in Portland. It feels like one of those games a little bit, right. Where, uh, Indiana is just excited to be there. Wow, we we won a, we've won two games in the NCAA tournament. What an accomplishment! And Johnny Juzang goes out and kills them. Um, I'm with you. I've got UCLA advancing in that game. What about Purdue Virginia Tech? We both have Virginia Tech in that 6-11 upset over Texas. Do the Boilermakers keep going in advance, or does Mike Young kind of ro- ride the? the momentum he's got from the ACC tournament championship. I, I like Virginia tech here. Uh, and the simple, Ooh, yeah, they're juicy. They're one of the slowest teams in terms of tempo in the country, but they're still a really efficient offense. And I feel like that is just 
like Purdue wants you to get up and down the court, you know, and they want to, they want to try to run you out of the gym. So if they play a team like Virginia tech, they can beat them in the half court. I mean, you saw that, that Steve Nash light player for Virginia tech. I feel like he would just carve up Purdue's defense. They would get, you know, Zach Eadie in foul trouble with some of those interior passes, and they could also shoot threes. I think that's a really bad matchup for Purdue. And also I think Mike Young is just flat out a better coach than Matt Painter. So give me the hoax. Matt Painter. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to ride Purdue here. I, I definitely see what you're saying. And maybe it's just a part of me that's, that's stubborn and won't let myself uh, believe that Purdue could lose that early. Um, I'm going to take the Boilermakers to win. And then I've got Murray state and Kentucky in which I'm going to pick Kentucky uh, to advance. I, I think, like you said, it'll be a fun storyline coach Cal you know, playing the, the small in-state school. But truthfully, I think that Kentucky would kind of wipe the floor. That's a game that Coach Cal knows he can't lose. I like Kentucky there as well. I have Kentucky against San Francisco. Interesting stat with Kentucky. They're the best team in the country in terms of offensive rebounding. And I feel like that makes them almost bulletproof to upsets because, you know, if the way you as a two-seed you lose a game is you miss shots. But if Kentucky misses shots because they're so good at offensive rebounding – they'll just get the rebound and put it back up and get fouled or make it, you know, so they could shoot their field and still win the game. And I, I feel like San Francisco would just have to launch a million threes. And I, I just don't see them. Uh, I don't see that being very sustainable. Kentucky's a pretty all around decent team. So we both have Baylor right. and UCLA at the top. I'm just going to tell you off the top here. I have an upset. I like UCLA here. Uh, I, I think Baylor's just a little, their Baylor's not as good as last year. I think they'll be the first team to tell you that. And UCLA, I think they're on a mission. I think they're just staring down the possible playing Gonzaga in the final four. Um, I, I think they're just really balanced, as I was mentioning before, top 15 in offense and defensive efficiency, low turnover rate. They might even be the favorite in this Man. Game, totally honest. Man, Mike, great minds think alike. I, I was rolling with the upset as well. I said earlier, I don't think that UCLA is a four seed probably. I would, you know, I know that record and and resume wise that they're not better than Auburn, but I think UCLA is a better team than Auburn and Auburn's two seed. Um, and so I'm, I am right there with you. I'm tracking with you. I'm going to take UCLA and then I've got Kentucky Purdue at the bottom part of that bracket, in which case I'm going to take Kentucky to keep going. I really like this, this Wildcats team. I like Oscar Shibwe. It's, it's been fun to watch coach Cal coach a team with some youth you know, they're not – or not with you, sorry, with some experience. You know, they're not all freshmen, and he's having a lot of success. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, I have, I have UK against Virginia Tech, and I think that this would kind of be the ceiling for Virginia Tech. I think winning the ACC and getting the Sweet 16 would be awesome. But sort of like Florida Gulf Coast Syndrome, when you win those first two games in the tournament and you're a double-digit seed – you kind of go home and people stroke your egos for three days. And then you come mm. back and you get, you know, you're feeling a little high and mighty on yourself. And then you get your doors blown off by a good team. And Kentucky's just really good defensively and offensively. And I think that balance um, will, will be enough to take down Virginia tech. And then UCLA and Kentucky, I, I kind of both had these teams before the tournament thinking that I was going to send them both to the final four. So it kind of stinks that they play each other. But I do think all in all, um, Kentucky is where I'm going to go in this game. I think that they're just a little bit more uh, tougher. Um, and I, I do think UCLA might look ahead to Gonzaga a little bit too much. So give me Kentucky. I'm, I'm tracking. I've got Kentucky winning that ball game as well. I think 
I mean, does it get better than that? You got two classic blue blue bloods with UCLA and Kentucky. I mean, as a college basketball fan, can't ask for much more than that. I'm with you. Um, it, the interesting thing about this Kentucky team is it seems like Cal is loving coaching them. And I think that's, that's a recipe for disaster for other teams. Um, I, I, he's a great coach. And when he feels passionate about that team, uh, they're, they're typically a force to be reckoned with. So I'm going to take Kentucky uh, to make it to the final four. Let's flip to the other side. Arizona, they're going to win their first game. They're loaded. They're really good. Seton Hall, TCU, yeah. might as well be throwing darts here. I'm just going to – the only reason why I'm picking – you know, this is a stupid reason, but the only reason why I'm picking TCU over Seton Hall is because um, they are more battle-tested. They beat Ohio State? <laughs> what, TCU or Seton Hall? Or, or did we beat Seton Hall? We beat Seton Hall, yeah. We beat – okay. Yeah, no, TCU, they've, they've played 11 games against top 25 teams. They've won five of them. Seton Hall's played nine, and they've only won three. But I honestly, it's a coin flip, and and quite frankly, I don't think it matters because I have Arizona in the Sweet Sixteen. But th- that's kind of like my little mini, mini bracket there. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I just, there's a part of me that doesn't want TCU to be good at basketball. I don't, <laughs> I, I can't explain what that is or why that is. So I'm with you. I'm picking Seton Hall, and I'll go ahead and and pick uh, Arizona to win the next game as well. What about Houston UAB? A lot of chatter that. That Houston, really not that battle-tested. I think they only have one quadrant one win. Um, people asking, do they deserve to even be a five seed? Uh, does, does, do the UAB Blazers have a chance to upset Houston in the first round? Yeah, and they have UAB has that one guy, Jelly Walker, right? That was pretty – Jelly. Yeah. He's Baller a, name. Yeah, and then, you know what? They shoot a lot of threes. They're pretty guard-heavy. The thing is, Houston's just really good on the interior, and if you tell me a team has really good guards and they launch a lot of threes and they're going to play a team that's going to kill you on the boards at rebounds, I feel like over the course of 40 minutes, I like Houston. I wouldn't be shocked if UAB has the lead going into halftime, but I, I, I've I, bet against Houston multiple times this year, and much to my chagrin, Houston kind of wears teams down over the course of 40 minutes, so... I, I like Houston here, although, yeah, you're right. They're, they have no wins against top 25 teams, so they are one of the least battle-tested top five seeds in the, uh, in the, in the tournament. Dude, I, I just trust Kelvin Sampson. You know, he has proven time and time again he's a really good college basketball coach. I know that he's been at the center of controversy before. Um, whether he should have been or not is up to you. But he's a good basketball coach. The proof's kind of in the pudding. And, and so because of him, I'm going to take them to advance. I'm going to take Illinois to win that, that uh, game against Chattanooga as well. And I'll take Illinois to advance to play Arizona in the Sweet 16, which would just be so sweet because that's it's a rematch of that classic 2005 uh, nice. Salim Stoudemire, <laughs> Luther Head. D. Brown, Luther Head, Darren Williams game. Uh, which has me just so excited. Yeah, it's one of the best uh, college basketball games I've ever seen. Um, if you're no doubt about picking the Illinois Chattanooga, I feel like sometimes you get caught in this trap of like, oh, I have to pick a 12, two 12 upsets. I have to pick two 13 upsets. I wouldn't force it. Uh, both of these, you know, just looking at the Ken Palm rankings, Houston's actually a top five team overall, so they're really good. Illinois has Kofi Coburn. You, Chattanooga does have that five-star transfer from Kansas, D'Souza. 
Um, but, oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's okay. But I mean, again, like, you know, Kofi Coburn's one of the best big guys in the country. So give me, give me Illinois as well. I think Illinois will beat Houston uh, there. Moving on to the next one, Colorado state versus Michigan. Uh, I hate to do this, but I'm going to pick Michigan here. Uh, yep. Colorado State's an interesting team. Their biggest, their center is—it's basically he's basically Draymond Green. He's six foot five, but he shoots a lot of threes. But if you tell me your center is six foot five and you're going up against Diabate, who's six eleven, and Hunter Dickinson, who's seven foot, I feel like Colorado State's gonna have a hard time on the boards. I'm with you. I, you know, I could be wrong. I feel like this Michigan team's been super up and down all season. You know, you you get a game where they beat Purdue by twenty, and then they lose to to Rutgers or something the next week. And so uh, they could certainly come out and lay an egg or their coach could punch someone in the face. Who knows? Um, But I'm with you. I just don't think – I thought Colorado State as a six felt a little high, honestly, to me. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of love for the Mountain West this year. And and I know that the conference has performed well. I just don't know if it's justified to that degree. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Michigan's probably saying to themselves, like the administrators, like we probably should have suspended Juwan Howard longer because this team is playing better with Phil Martelli as head coach. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Martelli's awesome. Yeah. Uh, next game, Tennessee and Longwood. I really liked, you know, Tennessee, I'm, it's a little Jekyll Hyde for me because I love everything about Tennessee. I, they're, they're so, like, well-rounded. They play good offense. They're one of the best defensive teams but Rick Barnes against the spread in the NCAA tournament, one win, 11 losses, and one draw. So if we're thinking about betting Tennessee, maybe think twice about that. But the team they're playing, Longwood, only two games this season against top 150 teams, and they lost both a uh, 16-point loss to Albaline Christian and a 33-point loss to Albaline. So uh, Longwood's not going to pull this upset. I think Rick Barnes survives at least one round, but I think that Michigan-Tennessee game could get a little dicey. This kind of feels like a, like, oh, that's adorable. Longwood made the tournament. Good for them. Um, at Tennessee plays great defense. I think, you know, I've already mentioned it once. I think that they're going to be riding kind of an emotional high on feeling like they should have been a two seed. Uh, and I, I don't disagree. And so I think they're going to win uh, big. I think they're going to be a team on a mission. I think they beat Michigan. Uh, in the, the round of 32 as well. That brings us to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, we're playing Loyola. Don't know if we could have gotten a worse draw in that 7-10 matchup where the last ranked seven seed. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Well, I, I guess if you want to – if you're not an Ohio State fan, I mean, I, whoever's watching this game, don't be surprised if your eyes bleed. Both of these teams are almost – bottom bottom in the country in terms of tempo they play at a really slow pace uh and so it makes sense i mean if you watch ohio state you know that essentially our possessions boil down to ej liddell taking a contested 11 foot fadeaway or mal or or malachi branham kind of driving to the hole and pulling up on a contested eight footer and and they i don't know if i've ever heard a more accurate description i feel like i can can picture that happening 20 times or don't forget about like the ancillary three, like, you know, fadeaway three pointer from, or, or the, you know, you have the role players missing wide open threes. I mean, our offense, I don't know how we're so good according to the metrics offensively, because we've just been really, really poor lately. 
I, I don't want to rip on Chris Holtman too much. We always talk about that. Like, Hey, we're a football school. Like we're not even supposed to be this good at basketball, but uh, I mean, like eventually he's going to have to figure out how to win some games in March. Right. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, the other one that kind of stuck out to me, Mike was, you know, uh, uh, EJ Liddell gets the ball in the block with eight seconds in the shot clock and he gets double teamed. So that, that 11 foot fadeaway jumper over the middle that you talked about isn't there. And so he passes to, a Justin Arns or a Michi Johnson or a, a Jamari Wheeler, and they take like a really ugly contested three-point shot as the shot clock runs down. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. Holtman has to start having some success uh, in March. I'm not ready to say yet that he's on the hot seat, I don't think. Um, but like you said, he's got to have some success soon. I think the key to this game and whether or not the Buckeyes win is kind of simply if if uh, Kyle Young's available. Yeah, if I, Kyle I, Young's available, he'd kind of be yeah he'd kind of become the like third option. Um, I mean, good grief, the guy gets so many darn concussions. I it's been a couple weeks since the last one. I would think he's able to go, but I could be totally wrong. So. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to be optimistic and say that he does play and that the Buckeyes do win kind of shocking most pundits. What uh, what's the update with Zed Key's ankle? Do we have a do we know if he's going to play, if he's going to be limited or what? I, I think he's kind of same deal as uh, Kyle Young. We don't really know. Classic Ohio State not going to give us any information. Yeah, I mean, Joey, I mean, Brunk's been pretty solid. I, you know, all things yeah. considered. Uh, but that's kind of a guy you're excited about if he's like your third or fourth guy off the bench. I don't think you want him starting and playing significant minutes because I think one of the issues, and I noticed this in the last game against Penn State, is that because they're so thin in the front court, Liddell and Brunk can't be as aggressive defending the rim because, you know, if they draw a couple fouls and all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes into the game, Liddell and Brunk both have two fouls. They literally For have, sure. they have no one, you know, Mal- Malachi Brenham's going to be playing the five if, if, uh, if those guys have to go to the bench. So uh, for sure, there were a couple of times they just kind of olayed the defender and kind of let him get to the rim, which is obviously costly. Uh, but Loyola super disciplined team. It's going to be kind of annoying seeing sister Jean, um, you know, the entire time. Uh, alive. Do we know that? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. What, let, let, let me ask you this little prop bet over <laughs> under, Nine and a half times they show Sister Jean kind of on her own at the game. Oh, uh, that that's going to be hit. That that over would cash within the uh, by halftime, no doubt. Okay, there we go. There we go. Anytime there's a run, she's going to be like clapping. But oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's always know. the same thing. I mean, got like I I have no ill will towards her, but it really is. It's always just her kind of sitting there in the chair clapping. You know. And I mean, she's what in her hundreds. I don't expect much more, but the TV, the cameras sure love it. What's it? Where's this game played? It's being played in, uh, in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I believe. Okay, so I would say if anything, maybe a seventy thirty Ohio State draw there. Should be, should be, you'd think. But if even Which, if we do beat Loyola, I mean, actually, Nate, this is actually probably a more interesting topic because we're probably not going to be able to podcast if we do win the first game which I'm dubious. I, I'm, I'll put Ohio State in winning the first game 
always in our bracket, even if we're a 16 seed. So, you know, that's just how I fill out the bracket. But the second game, you actually think we would have a shot against Villanova, whereas I think they have no shot. So uh, defend your position there, and then I'll kind of give you my my two cents. Well, I you know, I know it's it's on the side of crazy. I, I get that. I think from what I've seen of Ohio State this year, where they struggle the most is to guard on the ball. Our guard, our on ball guard defense is not great, uh, and it should be because we have you know athletic guys. We have Michi Johnson, Jamari Wheeler. We bring in all, all of these other guys, so it should be better. But it's it really just isn't great. It isn't great, um, but I, when I look at Villanova, they they slow the ball down. They're not a, a big like penetrate the hole type offense. Um, they're they're a lot more kind of Colin Gillespie's going to be posting you up, and that to me, I just feel better with that than I do with some hyper athletic freak point guard. And so I think because of that. Ohio State has the offense to stay in that game. They're, they're that good offensively. If, if EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham are both hitting, this team can beat anyone. I, I really believe that. And so obviously some things would have to hit and work in our favor. But I think I would rather play Villanova as the two seed than um, a Duke or uh, I, even – honestly, even Auburn. Auburn's – Guard play has been terrible, but they're they're quicker, they're more athletic than than Gillespie and some of these guys for Villanova. So that's that's kind of my position. Am I crazy? Do you think I'm nuts? What what's your reaction, Mike? Well, it's it's interesting because I think it's a different conversation if Zed Key and Kyle Young are healthy because uh, Villanova they're they're weak in the front court, especially. Uh, and and you're, that's a good point about the guards. I didn't think about that, that, you know, Colin Gillespie, Justin Moore, Chris Archie Diacono, they're not exactly guys who, who drive to the hole. Uh, you know, they're, they're much more reliant on screens and, and things like that, which I think we aren't as bad defending. Uh, but I just view Villanova as sort of a little bit of a machine. I think they're just like so uh, system-based, you know, and they run their system so well. And I think Jay Wright would kind of coach – uh, Chris Holtman under a table. So that's what I kind of think. And, and also this game is going to be a four or five hour drive from Philadelphia. So I think that Villanova fans are kind of t- storm over the stadium. Uh, that's another reason. And sure. Villanova, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think that would be, that would be kind of a, kind of an interesting matchup. Here's an interesting stat on Villanova. They have the lowest percentage of their total minutes played by bench players. So basically, I don't wow. know exactly what the numbers are, but Jay Wright just relies on his starting five so much. And we kind of saw that in the Big East tournament final against Creighton. Colin Gillespie was out there essentially the entire second half. And I don't know if that's going to wear on you, you know, at, especially if they – I'm sure they're going to be able to rest quite a bit against Delaware. But as the tournament goes on, keep that stat in the back of your head because if they play Arizona in the Elite Eight – and, you know, Colin Gillespie's played 38 minutes, 35 minutes, 37 minutes. I feel like they would be pretty gassed going into that game. Yeah, yeah. I, and this is the other thing that I just want to point out. I, I don't have data to, to support this, but if I remember correctly, Holtman, when he was at Butler and, and Nova was rolling, he would, he, I feel like he was the one team, Butler was the one team that would upset Villanova in that Big East. I'm not guaranteeing that. 
Um, but he has coached against against Chris or Jay Wright before. And so don't sleep on on the Buckeyes. All that said, I'm still gonna take Villanova to win over Ohio State, but I think it's I think it's more possible than the experts think. All right. So we have just looking back at the refresh, I think we have similar, yeah, we basically have chalk in terms of the Sweet 16 for this region. Arizona, Illinois, that 2005 rematch game. I think Arizona's mm-hmm. going to get the best of them here this time. Arizona, I was just so impressed with them in the Pac-12 tournament. I think they're so balanced. Uh, I think they would actually be Illinois going away. I think their forwards match up well with Kofi Coburn, but more importantly, their guards are just a little bit better than Illinois, and I, I think uh, yep. they're a better team. Yep, I, I'm tracking with you. Uh, it's, it's crazy how good Arizona is. Uh, and just year one under Tommy Lloyd. Um, but, yeah, they're they're playing really good basketball. I like them a lot. I'm going to pick uh, uh, Arizona to beat um, Illinois as well. And then I'm going to take Tennessee to beat Villanova in the Sweet 16. Like I said, I think Tennessee's playing good basketball, um, play really good defense. That's going to be the first, first to 55 probably in that ball game. Uh, but I'm going to take uh, – Tennessee to win, and I'm going to take Arizona to beat Tennessee to make it to the Final Four. I like Villanova to beat Tennessee here. Again, this game would be – it's a Sweet 16, so it would be the following week on Thursday. So Jay Wright would, in theory, have you know five days to plan for this game. And I think that's super important to consider because Rick Barnes is just not a good tournament coach, as we talked about before. But then I have Arizona beating Villanova. I think coaching can only go so far. And Arizona has the bodies. Uh, they have the talent. Um, and Arizona going to get to the Final Four for the first time in – a long time. I don't remember how long it's been, but I can't remember the last time Arizona was in the final four. Long, long time, long, long time. So we have same final four so far. Let's go down to the Midwest bracket. I, in my opinion, this is the worst bracket by far. Um, yeah. We were both going to pick Kansas to be Texas Southern. I'm going to take Creighton over San Diego state. I've said all along, I'm not high on the mountain West conference. Um, and so I'm going to take Creighton to win that one, and then I'm going to take Kansas to beat Creighton. Okay, I have I have that too. Well, I have I have San Diego State beating Creighton, uh, and then I have mm. Kansas beating San Diego State. So San Diego State and Creighton that might be a first to thirty five game. I mean, those are those are sort of lowest <laughs> teams in the country. Neither team is in the top one hundred in offensive efficiency, but they're both top twenty in defensive efficiency. Um, and, and just based on like where the teams should be ranked, San Diego state, one of the more underseated teams, they probably should be a six or seven Creighton should be a 10 or 11 based on the Ken Palm, but Creighton did play pretty well in the big East tournament. So I see where you're coming. They did. If you want, if you want, they did. but either way, it doesn't matter. Kansas is going to make quick work uh, of either of them. For sure. For sure. Hey, what about Iowa Richmond? This is interesting because Richmond played their way in kind of a miracle, uh, win against yeah. the way that game unfolded. But Iowa is just – their offense is absolutely nuclear lately. Uh, do, what do you think about this matchup? I, I'm taking Iowa. I, You know, a Richmond veteran-laden team, I think that – you know, they're playing good basketball. I just think Iowa's playing better basketball. Uh, Keegan Murray, to me, might be the best player, like at least right now. I don't, he's not the best overall but he may be playing the best basketball of any player going into the NCAA tournament. Um, and so I'm going to ride with him. He's, he's really darn good. He was eight of 10 from three 
against Indiana. I'm riding him. I got Iowa winning that one, and I've got San Diego State. Here's my 13 – or not San Diego State, South Dakota State. Here's my 13, beating my four. Um, they're going to be Providence, and uh, that's my prediction, I guess. And then I've got Iowa beating South Dakota State. Uh, we are in lockstep again. Great minds think alike. South Dakota State, uh, yeah, Providence, The according to Ken Palm, the luckiest team since 2008. There hasn't been – and they're like – they have some crazy record. They're like 11-2 and two in, in games decided by five points or less, um, which is – right. of- yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, they're only a two-point favorite, even though they're a four-seed. Uh, I feel bad for Ed Cooley. Two points. No one, no one's given him any credit. Uh, but South Dakota State, an interesting thing about them, they've only played one game against the tournament team. It was Alabama, and they let up 104 points. So if they do yeah, if they do lose, it's going to be because their defense is just a sieve. But I don't know if Providence has the offensive firepower to, to take advantage of it too much. So – I, I took Vermont. Is Mike Mike Dom still there in his twenty fifth season for South Dakota State? South Dakota State. Was he North? No, yeah, you're right. He was South Dakota State. Yeah, I think uh, he was a jackrabbit, right? Yeah, six eleven, uh, stretch five. Yeah, they 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 put a little scare into us in that four thirteen or five yeah. game. Yeah, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. They were they were a public. Uh, I feel like everyone was on them that year too, and and we kind of. Shock the world somehow in a 5 12 game being the five seed, but I have Iowa beating South right. State. If, if you're South Dakota State, you're an offensively minded team. So if you're playing Providence, you want it to be a track meet. But then when you run into Iowa, right. that's like trying to beat Mike Tyson at throwing the, the, the best punch, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> trying to beat, yeah, exactly. South Dakota State's kind of diet Iowa. Uh, I, and that's going to be high scoring. Could be a really fun game, but I, Iowa, I feel like just wins kind of no problem. Hey, this bottom half of the bracket, I have absolute chaos here, and I'll I'll, I'll try to defend my. Um, does it does it make you like physically ill to look at? Because it does for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like just an awful bracket in general. Uh, LSU is a six seed. Iowa State is eleven. I think my favorite pick of the tournament for upset is Iowa State over LSU. LSU just lost their coach for what was it? Some kind of like NCAA sanctions or something. I don't know. But anyway, Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah. They, something. Neil Wade's gone. Iowa State's a pretty like, you know, fundamentally sound coach. LSU, if you take all the top six teams and you think, okay, what did they have? like? And the, of the all the top 16 seeds that made the tournament last year L, or the previous iteration, LSU has the least returning minutes from the previous year. So it's just a completely new roster. So I think Iowa State's going to clock them. Um, and, and win that one. I, I wanted to go Iowa State, but I went LSU here strictly because I think the, those boys are going to be playing kind of to prove something with their coach getting fired. So I'm going to take LSU to win. But in the, the bottom half of that kind of 14 bracket, I got Wisconsin beating Colgate. Uh, Johnny Davis doesn't look fully healthy. If they're going to make a run, they need him, but they'll get by Colgate whether he's 80% or 100%. I actually have Colgate in this one, and whoa, yeah. Which in it's and now I'm looking at where the game's being played, and it's being played in Milwaukee, and that's making me want to change my mind because I don't know how many Colgate Raiders fans are going to make the trek up to Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, it'll probably be 95% Wisconsin fans, but 
you know, it, every once in a while you have the 14 seed that just decides, hey, we're going to shoot as many three-pointers as possible, and if 45% of these go in, maybe we can pull the upset. And they just shoot more yeah. than anyone else in the country. So I do think – I think Wisconsin's – they they played over their talent for most of the year, and, and Johnny Davis not being 100%. I wanted to pick one of the three 14 upsets, and I think this is mine. Wow. I was not expecting that. Okay. I'm, I've got Wisconsin um... – and I've got Wisconsin beating LSU. Do you have Iowa State or Colgate? That's that's the worst round of 32 game right there. Oh, it's about to get a whole lot worse because I have Miami beating USC and Miami beating Auburn. Uh, oh, <laughs> and I, and so I have Iowa State. To answer your previous question, I have Iowa State over Colgate. Um, I think in those 11-14 games, I – I can't ever remember if there was a 14 seed in the Sweet 16. Uh, so I kind of by default, there's always that like weird, you know, 11 seed that makes a run to at least the Sweet 16. So this year I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. Iowa State. Uh, USC, Miami, the reason this is interesting here because like USC is they, they're tall and they like to rebound and they like to play on the inside. And Miami is very guard heavy. They don't rebound very well. So it's sort of a fight of styles. Uh, and I, I think that they have like no, no bigs, right? Yeah, they play like they they basically like took the Villanova four guard offense and they said, all right, we're going to do one better and run the Jimmy Butler as our five uh, Marquette five guard offense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you remember those days and, and Jay Crowder. Oh, yeah. Jay, Jay Crowder, Crowder, baby. Center. Yeah, that, that's basically how Miami's playing. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, this is just a homer pick. I live in South Florida. I think USC will probably win, but I'm picking Miami for my bracket. And I just hate Auburn yeah. as a two seed. I think they're very – uh, I, I just don't think Auburn's very good. Uh, I know they have the number one overall pick in next year's draft, but that's not enough uh, for me to want to pick them. So I have Miami making a little bit of a run. Feels like Auburn peaked way too early. Like if the tournament started in January, it's like, oh man, Auburn's legit. But I think coaches have figured out, hey, they don't have great guard play. If you want to beat them, you kind of attack their guards, take away their bigs, make the guards score make Katie Johnson score. He went 0 of 14 in the, the SEC tournament um, game that they lost. Um, so I, I they, they have a good draw, I think. I pick Auburn to win and I pick USC to win. And I'm going to pick Auburn to beat USC in the, the round of 32. Yeah, I think if you're an Auburn fan, which I, I, I highly doubt we have any Auburn basketball fans listening to this podcast, but you probably want the you probably want USC to beat Miami because Miami, again, being that they have the guards that they do, I think true it's a tougher matchup for Auburn. Um, and then I, this is again my chaos bracket. I have Miami, Iowa State, so I'm just gonna pick Miami and go to the. Doesn't matter because I, I have Miami to go to the elite eight, but then I have Kansas winning. So I have a little bit of chaos here, but overall my final four is pretty chalky. So that's your, your sweet 16. Yes, sir. Whew. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to take, um, let's see here. I'm going to take Kansas to beat Iowa. I think that'll be a really fun basketball game. And I'm going to take, I think I'm going to take Wisconsin to beat Auburn. I'm stuck on that pick. Because uh, I don't love either team a whole bunch, um, but I am going to take Wisconsin to win, and then I'll, I'll take Kansas uh, to the Final Four. It kind of pains me. I've got three ones and a two, um, but I, I I feel like the the top's pretty heavy in college basketball, and I don't know if if uh, I see a three or a four or five seed getting all the way to the top. Yeah, I mean, we have the same exact Final Four. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So I guess that that's the question then. So you've got uh, Gonzaga in Kentucky um, in the final four there in New Orleans. Who, who do you got? Uh, prisoner. I, I just can't see this happening. I can't imagine having two teams in the West coast in the championship game, but I'm going to pick it anyway. Prisoner of the moment. Arizona was just so impressive. That packed all the championship game. It was like, it was like watching, uh, you know, art, you know, just watching Arizona and UCLA go back and forth. I just thought so highly of those teams. So, so give me Gonzaga and give me Arizona and I will pick the, as long as Gonzaga is in the NCAA tournament as a one or two seed, I will pick them every year to win until they finally get over the hump. Cause I don't want the one year I don't pick them is going to be the day they finally do it. And I don't want to, to be the one, you know, not picking them at that point. Oh, un- undoubtedly you're, you are absolutely right. And that's that, I think that's part of the reason I am taking Gonzaga to win. I, I really do like this Kentucky team, but I think Gonzaga is a pretty good matchup uh, with them. And I say that because they've got multiple bigs, to, to help in the rebounding effort against Oscar Shibway. They've got Drew Timmy uh, and Chet Holmgren. And then they also have Anton Watson off the bench, who's a 6'9", kind of bulldog-type player. Um, and so uh, for those reasons, I'm going to take Gonzaga to beat Kentucky. And then we go to the other side. You said – so you're not picking Arizona here? I am picking Arizona. I, I just think – Okay. Really, I just – I don't know if it necessarily I, – I can't see it happening in Gonzaga, Arizona, Final Four, but I'm just going to try to pick up my head over my heart and pick it anyway. I think Arizona will beat, will beat Kansas. Uh, they're both really strong teams, but I, I just think Arizona is a little bit better and more well-balanced. Doesn't it just feel like this is the kind of uh, Kansas team that makes a run? You know, you know, it's like I feel like the years when they're most talented, you're most inclined to say – no way. And then this team, a little less talented, but I, you know, I'm kind of drawn to them. Um, I'm with you though. I'm going to pick Arizona. It, I, I feel wrong doing it too. I can completely relate to what you're saying about picking, uh, picking two West coast teams. That's just so rare, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to pick Gonzaga to face Arizona. And then Mike, your national champion, what's, What's the score, uh, and and who wins? Well, this, is, this would be a pretty high flying game. I mean, Gonzaga averages eighty seven points per game. Arizona averages eighty four points per game. I I think it would be close if Gonzaga played Arizona. I think it would be very up and down. Uh, I'm going to say eighty five to eighty is the final score. Um, no no like last buzzer beaters or anything like that. But I think Gonzaga wins come wins by a close margin. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you, you've heard it here first. Mike is taking Gonzaga and you know, people may bash this and say it's not good podcasting, but I, I have to go the same route as you, Mike. And I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick Gonzaga to be Arizona. It pains me to do that, but I, I think that Gonzaga, I don't even know if they have the best team. It just feels like they've been there. Um, they've got some some senior leadership and Nemhard and uh, Timmy. It just feels like I think it's their time. I think it's their time. So I'm going to take Gonzaga to win. I'm with you on the high scoring part. I'm going to take Gonzaga 85, Arizona 76. Yeah, if you're thinking to yourself like, oh, we're we're being cowards for making the picks that we are, you're absolutely correct. But I learned my lesson. 
back in high school, I used to try to be the kid that would have, you know, a seven seed, a six seed, a 13 seed and a four seed in the final four. And then my bracket would be completely over, uh, you know, two hours into Thursday afternoon. So I, I've learned my For lesson sure. from that. And, and I think most of the time, if you want to stay alive, pick the upsets early, but don't pick the upsets to advance too much. And if you want to stay alive, put a lot of ones and twos in the final four, especially teams that are balanced and well-rounded, like the Zags, Wildcats, Wildcats, and Jayhawks. I mean, the reality is, as much as we hate it, the teams that are ranked high are ranked high for a reason. They're one seeds for a reason, guys. I know we love the upsets, but the one seeds are one seeds for a reason. Um, and, and one other note I wanted to make on that, if we're all, all being honest, what we're really rooting for is some, some upsets in the first round, but then we want the best teams to win because no one wants to watch Miami Colgate. No one's excited about that. And so it's, for the good of the product, I think that we should root for the the kind of final four that both Mike and I have. Yeah, I think it gets to like I, I agree with you to a point. Like I think Florida Gulf Coast in the Sweet Sixteen, it's like, all right, this was cute, but you know, let's 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 actually have the good teams win. But then it gets to the point right. where it's so ridiculous that you're rooting for them. Like George Mason, when they got to the Final Four and played Florida, I don't think I was ever rooting for a team harder than I was rooting for George Mason to beat that Joaquin Noah. Uh, for a team oh uh, yeah you know once they've already pulled the upset uh, I remember George Mason beating UConn that game that was one of like you know my favorite basketball games I've ever watched uh so it was yeah, what like a mecca Okafor and Charlie Villanueva all those Rudy guys Gay. right yeah Rudy Gay. I think they, they had a team they were stacked okay yeah, yeah I'm I'm tracking with you I'm tracking with you Anyway, so that, that's going to do it for us. We'll come back and kind of rehash uh, the first uh, round of 64 and the round of 32 next week. I highly doubt your Ohio State Buckeyes are still dancing, but you never know. Crazier things have happened. That would be Chris Holton's first Sweet 16 with the Buckeyes. And um, if he gets there, uh, Nate, I'm just going to be surprised, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I am absolutely with you. And if, if Ohio State does – make it to the sweet 16 uh this podcast next week will take on a very uh ohio state focused tenor um and if not you know what we're gonna just keep enjoying basketball because college hoops is gonna be over in three weeks and that's really sad and we're gonna have to wait no college sports really again until uh football season starts so we're gonna cherish it as much as we can